Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlows, and I'm Karen. And I'm Kelly. Welcome. Today we are talking about being enough. Mm-hmm. It started um, when I was sitting in the back room after a session. After Actually, after quite a few. and Actually, I, maybe just the whole life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I bet you some people are going to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had spent quite a few hours, three or four hours, channeling for... I think four people and four different clients. And I was just sitting down having a cup of tea in the treatment room, looking out the windows at the fall leaves and everything. It's just beautiful. And Eric walked in Mm -hmm. and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm sitting here looking out the window, having my tea saying, I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. (laughs) And he just went, Oh, Okay. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and he just sat down in the chair with me and I said, I need to know that I'm enough. And I said, sometimes I feel it on my own that I am. And I have to hold that in check that no matter what another person is experiencing, it still is enough because the spirit world were the ones that gave the messages to give to me, to give to their family members. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, as you know, when you're sitting in a session, especially with medium, that when they want proof, 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 that it can be a great deal of fun. And um, it often is when, the cl- when a client is appreciative or neutral, I'll say. But if they're sitting there and it's, it becomes exhausting, Mm -hmm. um, just meaning, and I don't know how to explain this. There's an energy to the client is how I want to explain it. There's an energy there. There's an energy even when the verbal doesn't match up. So they can say, oh yes, I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. Yes. Um, But you can see the reservation and you can feel that they're not. So things aren't aren't um congruent yeah and I and even at that like I understand sometimes it's never going to be enough just because they miss them or they're hurting Mm -hmm. and I can have empathy with that I that still doesn't make me feel like I'm not enough or I'm not doing enough yeah because I know they're hurting so I know that the filling them up will never be enough but I'm still okay with not being enough in that moment it's, it's for the people that carry the energy of, I'll never believe this no matter what you say or do, mm-hmm. because I don't want to. There's a difference in that, um, in the emotion and in the belief system and in the struggle that they have. And for some clients, there's an openness to that. I'm hurting. I don't know how to change a belief system, but I'm here and when they say they're open, they really truly mean it. They sit there with they that. Try. Yeah, there's an effort to try. And then there's the person where there is no effort. There's no will. There's no desire. It's no matter what you say or do, I, I'm not going to believe you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to walk out of here and bash it or bash you or whatever. And I know that that's their experience from, and I've said this before in other shows, it could be their experience from the way they're raised. It could be something that a parent has said or done um, or a religion or a TV show or a movie or a girlfriend. Um, 
or a guy friend or whatever, um, whatever pressure is being put on them or that they're accepting. Mm -hmm. But um, just for me to be able to sit in it and know the difference between what it is energetically. And know that it's not about you. Yes. Because, you know, we've said in some of the shows, eh, Kelly, how the spirit on the other side that's passed will say, no, don't fuck this up, Karen. <laughs> I believe you've got to get these messages through perfectly for my, yeah. per- my person. My daughter's sitting here and I've <clears throat> got to get this right. I've got to apologize. And we feel the stress from the spirit world where they know what their family member has gone through um, and how important it is for us to get it right. Mm-hmm. And that we feel it for ourselves, we feel it for the people who've crossed over, and we feel it for the human in the room who's, who is who who is either sitting with a willingness or not. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing, regardless, that I am enough in who I am. Is that good? Yeah, I think it's great. I oh, think it's a, okay. an issue that m- most most of all of us struggle with. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was so pertinent to whether you're enough as a wife, whether you're enough as a daughter, whether you're enough as a parishioner. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, um, I mean, personally, I find it quite fascinating that in this case or this scenario, it's the client that perhaps has never felt enough themselves and that feeling or that anxiety that they carry with them is then dumped on the professional being you Mm. or myself sitting in front of them Mm -hmm. that I've never felt like enough and now I'm going to make you feel like you're not enough. I love that. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily that that's the conscious intention, but that they've just never really understood what full feels like. And so how do I, how do I feel full no matter how much you're giving me? I don't think it's meant to be an attack on another person necessarily. I think it's just that there's no, there's no cellular memory for it. And oh. so how do they know that this message was enough? Right. Right. I love how you say there's no cellular memory for it. And I want to say that that cellular memory has to come from the person feeling it and creating it for themselves. Mm-hmm. That they, one of the lessons then is that you can't, continue to go out and think that the job has to do it every day or that the spouse has to or your child has to Mm -hmm. um, or your your friends have to do it for you but that you have to create that cellular memory moment first on your own so that you can recognize it when it does happen in the job or the relationship or with the pet Um, yeah I think that's really cool I also really love the way that you worded it when you said I have to hold that space for myself no matter what the other person is experiencing. Because I think that goes hand in hand with the point that I was trying to make that they often don't feel like enough and so it gets dumped on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, it's not necessarily your experience, but perhaps what they are currently experiencing triggers a past one for you, right? So, and you can let me know what, what boundary you are good with, but... If you're sitting there having come from a uh, you know a strict Catholic upbringing um, at a time where you didn't talk about these gifts when you were a kid, it was all shut down. You were six of, well, you were the sixth in a line of nine children who was expected to cook and clean and do everything and nothing you did was enough. Then you've walked into a profession where people consistently, you know, 
perhaps purposely or not purposely make you feel like not enough, they trigger that little girl in you every single day. Thank you. And that's where I was sitting in that room with that little girl saying, I am. Sitting, having my team. Yep, we are enough. Together, we are enough. Because mm-hmm. I, think, I think a lot of people might look at you, you know, in the community. Um, they look at you as a professional, and, and those things are true. Um, but they don't consider what the little girl in you is feeling or thinking and how she hurts. They see you as the confident professional who fires clients when they're disrespectful. Um, who accepts clients uh, based on your own comfort level, right? Um, And who happy dances. So, I mean, there's a beautiful perception of how confident and put together someone is, but we don't remember the little girl or the little boy in in each of us and how, how they might feel still so little. Well, thank you. And I think it's such a, uh, it's such a thing that I've learned to do in this life is to take those moments between clients on a lunch break or whatever at the end of every day, first thing in the morning when I'm just sitting having the coffee, to be able to know that today I will be enough in each of the sessions. Today I'm enough when I go to the grocery store. Today I'm enough when I, when I answer a call. So that when somebody is calling to book an appointment or just to ask questions mm-hmm. about what we do, that I'm, I'm answering it from that space. Because if I know that I'm, am I, I am enough in who I am, and I feel that deeply, then when I'm answering just even the questions about, hey, what do you do? I don't have to answer it defensively. Yeah. I don't have to come across when somebody might put out a question. I got an email the other day and a woman said, oh, I think what you do is really freaky and weird. I think it might be entertaining to come and book an appointment with you. And so my little girl has to sit there. <laughs> I clearly haven't done my exercises because I'm reacting in a different way. <laughs> but I, my little girl and I have to sit there and go, that's all hers. Yeah. That is all her stuff. I don't know what TV shows she's watched or movies to get her into that space. I don't know what psychic fairs she may have gone to and how she was treated there or how she treated them. Mm-hmm. Or how she went maybe with a group of girls and how they treated those people. Because it's not necessarily to say that anybody at the psychic fair created that attitude or that atmosphere, Mm -hmm. but that people go through those different things. So when I, when I get that, I, I can still answer that from the space of, okay, I see what, where she's coming from. Um, I'm going to move her to the website and have her take a look at the videos and listen to the shows so she has an idea of who we are mm-hmm. and how we do this. Yep. And I, I think, Kelly, the reason that I, I believe I am enough is because I respect myself and I respect the gifts and I respect the other side. So if people are listening to what you said about how I fire clients um, and they might think, what? What do you mean you fire a client? And that in the treatments... I'm sure if, if anyone has heard one of the podcast shows, the son of a woman went through 45 minutes trying to speak to his mom and giving him all kinds of affirmations that he was there, right to the point of saying he was ashes sitting in her purse in the room mm-hmm. it, during the session. She had brought him into the room to, because if I was any good, I would know he was ashes in her purse mm-hmm. sitting a foot from my own foot. When I said that, she just looked at me and said, what else have you got? 
And he said, I'm done. Mm-hmm. He, and, and the spirit world got done. Well, because the human is continuing to make even a soul feel not enough. Yes. And I, I think people really, really, truly don't understand that a soul, once it has passed, has to lower its vibration. And there's a certain degree of pain mm-hmm. that exists in that state in order to contact humans Mm -hmm. in order to be on our level because Mm -hmm. this is not an ascended space this is not a peaceful healed existence on our planet every single client that comes in through our door sits down in a chair or calls us from another place and expects to hear from someone your loved one has had to go through some kind of transformation again to be able to reach you and so for the people who sit there and go what else with that type of energy that you were talking about in the beginning there's just infinite amount of disrespect yes and that's where you get fired and and i love that you said how you described it as that they have to change their vibrational speed or their vibrational frequency however you want to call it because we're on earth and this is all in terms of science Mm -hmm. because that's how we see things we're never taught to see it as beyond that yet it's still a challenge Mm -hmm. that if you because what is it that study came out kelly i was telling eric about the other day that that someone decided in science to measure emotions Mm -hmm. and so they have this hertz scale where emotions are rated and calibrated to speed Mm -hmm. is that good Mm -hmm. and you people can google that and look it up or whatever It's out there on the internet. And I used it in teaching in Reiki. I used to use that to try and explain to people how our emotions are in different frequencies. So when you were discussing the fact that people who crossed over um, are at a higher level of vibration. Mm -hmm. So say they're spinning at a higher level beyond anything a human could ever achieve times 10. In order for them to come through to us, they have to change that vibrational speed. Why? Because... People still want us to see them. So they still have to find their old body. They have to show us the color of their eyes and their hair and that they had a belly or they, they had one leg decapitated or I had <laughs> a leg decapitated. I, I think I got away with myself. <laughs> well, yeah, they have to and they have to find several different bodies, as you've mentioned, at different ages if they've done several mm-hmm. transformations. And it's just it to a degree, even though it's done with love. There's a certain amount of exhaustion that exists. Yes. And we have to change our frequency. Mm -hmm. The medium, the channeler has to change our vibrational frequency in order to connect with the spirit world. And that is something other human beings, if they don't know how to do this, don't understand about what we do. Now, sorry, I was going to say now try and walk around for eight hours in a day um, and change your vibrational frequency. Musicians might understand that and go, wow, when I'm in my zone, I think I really get that. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are certain professions and certain people that really do get that. Writers might sit there and go, I get that too. Mm -hmm. Anyway. I, you know what? I think about, I I was such a huge fan of So You Think You Can Dance Um, and whatever. We just don't have cable anymore. But I remember this one young girl who was on the show and they do like the backstories and the interviews and stuff like that. And she was talking about that when she was little, she'd be going through the grocery store with her mom. 
and she'd hear the music and she was just hip hop dancing and she couldn't stop moving and her mom would be like, stop moving. And she'd be like, I can't. And she was so <laughs> happy. And I, that's exactly what I think of yeah. when every time someone asks or comes in with that energy, um, that's n- not a good intention of, of again, not being yeah. enough. Yeah. And so, you know, if I'm comparing it to this, this young girl, you're moving with so much joy yes. and so much speed and yeah. someone is asking you to just stop. Kelly, I love- And then, you know, once they're not looking, the music starts again or keeps keeps going even and you've got to get back into your groove and feel s- still so good in it. Yeah. And so that's the back and forth that happens when you're listening to a soul. I'll call that the dancing part. And then the human goes in and asks a question based on an emotion of not feeling like anything's enough. Mm-hmm. So you essentially have to stop dancing and feel still and you have to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. But you still hear the music and you want to dance so bad. Oh, It is so, so limiting. It is so um, claustrophobic. Yeah. Because you just want to fucking dance. You have said it perfectly for me, for both of us. Because it is in that space. And a lot of my clients, a lot of our clients know when they've seen us, either at the Hampton Inn in a public event or privately, that we dance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like literally, we get goosebumps constantly. That our energy is bubbling, I'll say, that high because of love and excitement that we're feeling from the spirit world and we're matching it to be there to receive those messages. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about having to stop it, for the people who just want proof, proof with that negative intention, with the negative energy, I'll call it, mm-hmm. meaning that it's never going to be enough or that it's, I don't believe it no matter what you say or what you do. Mm-hmm. But boy, oh boy, if I can stay in the energy and give those messages with the clients that come in and you get rolling and they enjoy it or they accept it, they start making the change the energy just keeps building. It's just fabulous. I, I feel like I could fill the planet with it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's why I keep doing it. Mm-hmm. It's why I can do it for the ones that are still struggling. Because I, have, I still am an, an, am an eternal optimist. Mm-hmm. That at some point, maybe 10 years down the road, or in the moment that that client who couldn't get it in the treatment room might get it at some other point in life, might take that session and all of a sudden that day their switch flips to on. And I know because some people will come in and say, I've seen, I've seen all kinds of psychics. I've seen all kinds. And they're still not believers. Mm-hmm. They're still the worst clients. And the most challenging because of the dead end energy. Of, of none of you are enough. Yes. No matter how many I've seen, I still don't believe in any of you. I'm just going from one to the next. Mm-hmm. And my heart aches for them. It aches. I want, I sit there and it's like, okay. Mine aches for all the psychics I've seen. Okay. They've seen. Mm -hmm. Okay. You said I've seen. No. You meant for all the psychics that That person person has seen. seen. Right. Okay. I understand that too. I just know for that person to be in that place that there is a whole lot that's happened to them since birth because boy, at birth, you don't come to earth like that. Mm-hmm. You are not born that way. Nobody is because we all originated from that same spirit energy that I know. Now, having said that, I can get out of that space of feeling sorry for them and get into my happy space and do it. And if they can't ever get there, 
I can be the person that has a boundary, that I can do it for so long. And then as I say, if it's ignorant, rude, challenging, to the point that it's abusive, draw the line. Mm -hmm. And I know where my line is. Which I think is good. And I think like, Kel, part of the reason I wanted to bring this up is something that you said to me when I told you this, the conversation Eric and I had. And you said, yeah, I think uh, was I, did you make the comment about well even a surgeon may feel they're never enough, even a doctor mm-hmm. you have you can go to university for ten years or eight years, and you still make a mistake. Oh God, you can have thirty years experience and still lose a patient and feel like you haven't done enough, didn't know enough. Yeah, I don't think it's a it's an emotion or a feeling or a thought um, that ever really truly escapes us, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it's so important that people hear that, you know, you took time to sit in a chair and repeat to yourself, I am enough, because we can let those thoughts consume us. Mm -hmm. And so we never really can be convinced by someone who loves us that we're enough. Uh, We can never truly be convinced that we deserve the job that we that we were given, um, that we ever really truly know enough to be in the position to lead or to manage people. All kinds of things. If you're a judge and you have to sit in front of people all day, every day and judge and determine if someone's going to go into a jail or a prison or a correctional facility. Have kids taken away from them. Yeah. Destroy lives. You have to know you're enough. You have to believe that you're making the right decisions and that you have enough within you because you have to live with that decision and know that you've affected all those families for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. I like I and I I I hope people some people who re- really needed to hear it that your spouse or your lover or your partner Sorry. um who you go to to fill you up um hopefully they heard what you said that unless you believe you already are enough they're never going to be able to make you believe it. Mm-hmm. And that that can be an exhausting relationship for the other person that you rely on. To make you believe that you are. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember saying to Eric, I never get tired of reminding you that you are enough. Mm. Because it comes from a different space. Uh, doing all of the thought, and the same for you. Writing love letters, um, leaving notes. You leave notes on the toilet all the time. I love that. There's just, there's an energy with it where you just get excited to express. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't come from a place of, I need to convince them. Mm-hmm so that they'll stay or they need to convince them so that they won't feel sad today. It's, it's a joy. And that's the difference. The energy behind it is joyful instead of fatiguing. Because if I have to constantly prove to you, you're enough, Mm -hmm. then you there's an energy of fatigue behind the giving. Mm -hmm. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're going to all of these emotions. So it's a depleting. And I think the ideas get exhausted. Because you start nothing, nothing that you do, you end up feeling like not enough because everything that you do isn't enough to convince them that they are enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just, it's, it's a horrible cycle. Well, I know we're speaking to codependence. Mm -hmm. You know, if anybody knows us, they know we can refer to codependent no more by Melody Beattie, um, which is a lovely book about that, which is some of the stuff we're touching on is that when you don't know how to fill yourself up and know that you are, you are codependent, point blank. 
Mm-hmm. No arguments. One of the things that I wanted to point out when you were talking about um, yourself at the beginning is that you consistently take time in between clients, not necessarily to just sit and tell yourself that you're enough, but you play. Ooh. I remember there, there being um, a mini trampoline that your brother gave us and you would come out in between sessions and you would do like, you know, 30 jumps on it yeah. and you would do little exercises. Yeah. And I just, that was something where I got to see you on a daily basis playing. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to the little girl in, in you or in all of us, mm-hmm. um, where when you play, you're in an element of joy, mm-hmm. you're in an element of freedom. Mm-hmm. And that does fill us up. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, I, I envision, and I know we're, we're picking on Eric here because this conversation was kind of all around him. Um, he'll pick up his guitar in between jobs and mm-hmm. do, you know, his little thing. And it puts you back in the space of what you're great at mm-hmm. um, and kind of gives you that energy to go forward with the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's really important for people to remember to play. Mm-hmm. That is something that I that I uh, encourage and that I I have actually put as part of my spiel at the end of every session. I will say to people, it's very normal to feel exhausted after these sessions because you get bombarded with messages and you're filled up with all kinds of emotions. Um, and I will say, you know, be restful in whatever in it in whatever way it means for you. Be playful in whatever way it means for you. So if it's, I know you and I like to sit out and look at like nipissing. Um, maybe rest doesn't always necessarily mean sleep. It can be staring at the trees. It can be sipping a tea next to a fireplace. Uh, but it's something that you have to identify for yourself, which also means that you need to experiment. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it means you have to carve time out of your day, um, for yourself to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think like I had to learn how to play on my own, um, because, of working on our both of us working on our own in the house where yeah. we're where we work one-on-one with clients so I learned I went back to coloring I, I like you said play on the trampoline um skipping um, I, our tea cupboard also is probably full of about a hundred different flavors of tea oh yeah and I wanted to point this out because you just said doing it by yourself mm-hmm. it's not that I've never once heard you at the end of a week say that um you were upset because you didn't have coffee with a friend or tea with a friend. Mm-hmm. You consistently have those cups by yourself or with the spirit world mm-hmm. or with Parker mm-hmm. um, or with me if I'm in passing in the house. But it's your thing. Mm-hmm. And whether someone's there or not, it's still something that fills you up. Oh, Sometimes yeah. even more so because another person can drain us from the thing that we love. Yes. Uh, and I just, I, th- I think all those dynamics are important for people to hear. I want to touch on that for a second because... At, at, like I take that my agenda book and I book in social time every single week. Mm-hmm. So I know then that I have a She's dinner, wild. a walk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm teasing. I do the yeah. same. <laughs> uh, but I fill things in. So if I'm going to the Capitol center, if I'm going to Casino Rama to listen to a show, I don't gamble, but listen to a show. Um, a comedian. I, I plan my time in with friends but then I also plan in my time to make sure that I know how to fill myself up on my own. I don't rely on my friends because I do know that sometimes there are things that are happening in their lives that when we're, when we get together, it's not a filling ourselves up. It's a, I had a shitty week it's and a we're giving, it's a giving. We got, I've still got to give because, or they're giving to me because that's what friends do too. Not all times with friends are filling ourselves up. Sometimes it's, I got to work through a problem. 
can you be my person and listen? Mm -hmm. So I don't rely on friendship time to be all of my fill up time. I know that that's my responsibility to do that on my own. Mm -hmm. And I'll say I lean heavily on Parker. (laughs) He's good. (laughs) Well, (laughs) if anybody has a dog or a cat or a pet or anything, they know. know. (laughs) Yeah, they know that. That's one of the reasons why we have pets is that we do get to lean heavily on them. (laughs) Hey, I just snuggled for 45 minutes with him this morning. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, and man, oh man, when you get that kind of love... Right, ne- right next to you. Yeah. You can feel like enough without yeah. ever having to exchange words. Well, and I think it's one of the reasons why people listen to music. Like, I, you know, I just went to the symphony, mm-hmm. uh, an Earth Bay symphony, um, by myself on Saturday night. And it filled me up. Uh, listening to Thomas Jones uh, play double ba- bass was incredible. And a new first violinist in North Bay, all of this beautiful stuff in our community of all these musicians playing filled me up. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and just let them because they were giving off all of this beautiful energy of playing their musical instruments. And I decided, ooh, this is a great opportunity (laughs) to shove myself full again. (laughs) Fill every corner. Oh, I did. I, I, I absolutely did. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's important in the different types of ways um, of how we get to do those things for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fill up and know that we deserve to do it so that we're better balanced when we're trying to give. I, I remember one woman saying to me, um, oh, I'll give you a minute before I come in so you can smudge the room that other lady just left. Mm-hmm. And she says, do you clean yourself between clients? And I said, excuse me? Yeah, my pit rag is in the sink. <laughs> yeah, I said, what do, you, what do you mean? So I just said, can you explain what you mean? Well, I'm an energy healer. She says, so I do Reiki. And she says, so I know that between sessions, you have to get rid of all their stuff. So she, she studied yeah, in a book. Yeah, and I said, no, I said, I don't do anything like that. And she went, what? I think at that point, she was ready to run out of the house. That's okay. Yeah. And I said, no, I said, and she, and I said, would you like me to explain why I don't do that? And she said, yeah, she says, I do Ricky and I have to smudge and I wear crystals and I wear necklaces and bracelets. Mm. And I said, no, I said, I don't do anything like that. I live my life this way. I don't turn on my energy healing and turn it off. I live it. People are in my dreams every night. I don't wake up between dreams and smudge my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) sorry I'm just picturing it yeah I don't walk through the grocery store at uh Sobeys and just gonna clean the bananas over here yeah no frills and orchards and smudge all the vegetables and fruit and walk around the grocery stores and Northgate Square smudging everything because Mm -hmm. I'm uh, like I live what I do I get messages standing you know in Laura Seacourt like it doesn't matter it like I it's it's what we live and breathe for you and I. So I don't walk around smudging everybody and everything. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. From from one energy healer to another. I don't go out and have coffee with my girlfriend at the artisan cafe and and start smudging sage. <laughs> I'm sure Tanya would not appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, you know, after I've given someone a message in the restaurant, like you. I, 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 what I'm trying to say is, is that whole knowing that you're enough, filling yourself up and living, being this is living this. So some of those things where cultures came in and said, you have to smudge and you have to do certain things. No, thank you. 
I let the spirit world take care of all of that for me. Continuously. Yes. Instead of a stop, start, yes. stop, start. That's right. And if I'm living healthily in the way that I eat and, in, and then the behaviors that I live and the conversations that I'm in all the time, then I don't have to stop and clean something. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to bring up, and maybe we can go in different directions or you can choose to end the podcast, um, is when we are offering something to another person, whether it's a partner or a friend or even a coworker, um, to c- kind of say to them that you are enough, uh, when we are when when we say it or do it to hear it in return, so we're kind of falsely giving, in hopes that we'll hear hear it back. Hmm. And I mean, the the, yeah. the fastest thing I can think of is when we say "I love you," right? Ooh. Where I might say it to you, but really, I'm I'm almost asking you a question, like, "Are you yeah. going to say it back?" Yeah, because I need to hear it. And oh, I I remember okay. saying again <clears throat> to Eric one day, "I love you," and he said it back, and I went, "No, don't don't say anything." I'm not saying it to hear it. I just want to tell you. Mm-hmm. And if you want to say it in 10 seconds, fine, but just not yet. Because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't want the intention to be confused. I never mm-hmm. want someone to think they have to give back just because they received. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a really big lesson. And, and, and you can learn it in so many different ways, right? For example, um, you bring... Uh, you know, leftovers or baking or something like kind of some kind of goods and food to to a friend or a neighbor and they return it with more of their own food in it for you. Right. I don't ever want it to be an obligation. Mm-hmm. They can clean it out and send it home empty mm-hmm. because maybe they didn't have the energy or they didn't have the money or who who cares. OK, that was yours. If I give anybody a Tupperware container, no, I, I want do food want back. food back. <laughs> Or at least a recipe. Um, yeah, sure. No, that's fair. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, I just I think the intention in giving is so important. Well, I think the intention is important in everything. Yeah. Um. But that that there isn't um, an attachment to it. And you you taught me that too. I remember you saying that the difference between the way your parents give to you oh, um, yeah. was so important because yeah. your mom, you know, they they. I won't say came from money, but had it with a, a very successful business. And your mom would give with attachments. At the beginning, yes. Yeah. And yeah. your dad would, you know, would write the check and say, do what you need to. And yeah. if it's for Christmas gifts, it's if it's for, you know, bills, whatever it is yeah. you need, here's something so that I can help make your life easier. Yeah. Uh, and there was just, he didn't need to know what you did with it. And I think Oprah did that too. There was... Well, I remember you talking about her. Well, yeah, and, and I and I taught I taught it when in Reiki as a Reiki master when I was teaching other students how the different chakras and the lower chakras in your pelvis when you give with attachment it's in the first chakra, but that when you give with no attachment with pure intention of just giving it's in the heart area mm-hmm. so it's in the mid back between the shoulder blades, so. If you're giving with the wrong intention, you get a sore upper mid back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And these are cues as to how we're living our life. Well, I think this is interesting. And I want to bring up the uh, the flip side or the receiving end. Because you're talking about which chakra it hits when you give. Right. So, And you've done this for me too, having learned from your parents. Sometimes you'll leave $50, $100 in my room and just say whatever you need. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, it's a good month and I can go out and buy some earrings and some it's sometimes it's not and it's my phone bill. Yeah. Um, and the way it hits the receiver when it's done with no 
no mm-hmm. expectation when you've given hits both the root chakra and the heart chakra, which yeah. is in Reiki a balancing position. Yes. Which I think four. is just just so magical. Mm-hmm. Um, because it creates a feeling of stability and safety in the root chakra and it creates just love in the heart. Uh, and that's, that's what you give to someone when you give with no expectation other than to just love them. Well, that's the open heart that people will come to a session and say, why am I blocked? Mm. And, and, or I'd like to find a partner. Am I open? Or I think I am. So why, why, why haven't they come? And I know that kind of goes off onto a different tangent. So many but tangents. It, but it comes back to when you said about giving with the right intention, yeah. that it creates within that person a balanced energy system. Mm-hmm. Your first, because some people say, oh, I'd like an appointment. I'd, I'd like you to balance my chakras. And I look at them and go, huh? <laughs> You're talking the talk. Just lie down. <laughs> yeah. That's just talking the talk. You actually have to go out and live this. Yeah. You don't just drop in to an energy healer and say, balance my chakras, babe. And then I want to go out and live my life balanced. You actually have to get what it means. Mm-hmm. So sit down with the with the Reiki master, quantum touch, therapeutic touch person, whatever it is that they're doing, Shaw woman, whatever, and ask better questions in your session. So if you're going in because you want to unblock yourself, ask the questions, what is blocking me? So that you can understand what they're doing when they're balancing the first and the fourth. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Oh, God, yeah, because that shifts the way they think that shifts your awareness. It's, um, it's knowledge. I think that's really what people mean when they say knowledge is power. Right, right. Because then you have the ability or you're empowered to do something with it. If you're just saying balance me, you're saying do my work for me. Yes. And that's, that's a limited, a okay. very limited effect. Okay. Can I now say one more thing? And I know we're on tangents, but I want to continue. That is the difference between how you and I are energy healers and some other ones. Not all of them, some. And the difference is, is that we will do the energy healing work, but we are going to put the job part back on the client and say, you have to do your own work. Mm-hmm. And that's why some people don't like us. That's why some people want to go to other energy healers. They don't want to hear they have to do their own work. Mm -hmm. They want to drop in and say, I got my energy healing done and I'm back out balanced. They don't want to have to make a change or grow and do the work and go back to the energy healer to find out you did or you didn't do it. Because with you and I, (laughs) as our clients know, when they come back for the second, third, 50th time, they get to hear if they're actually doing their work or not. Mm -hmm. So they might come back in and we'll say, mm, yeah, that one just closed right up again because you're not actually doing the work. Hmm. Do you want to come back to more conversations about being enough? Um, I, it, I, I, my head's wide open. Okay. So if you want to, go for it. I, well, ju- I don't I'm, have I'm more. I'm open as well. So maybe I'll just throw that out there or we can pose questions and sort of leave it. Because we talked about it on a very energetic level. We talked about it from um, a prof- like our profession and a client level. Not sure if you want to bring it in on a human to human level. Um, like chi- talking about childhood. Cause well, that, I was just going to say about kids. I don't think we okay. do enough justice to the topic of being enough if we're not touching on what childhood does to us. Okay. I'm not certain if I'm on the same page as you, but I'm going to start it a little bit and then you can come in. When you asked that, my head had just gone to 
seeing kids who are being told they're perfect and or that they are the best or they can be anything they want to be and that that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's not true. We can't all be Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. We can't all be Celine Dion or whatever it is, Shania Twain, whatever it is that you, a gymnast or whatever. We really can't and we need to know the truth mm-hmm. because it sets us up for failure. It sets us up for believing that I am not good enough when I want to play guitar and I want to be Prince and I'm not Prince. And all of a sudden when I go to get, get the jobs that no one will hire me mm-hmm. because I'm not a good guitar player. I'm actually not a good singer. But somebody has told me all of my life I can be anything I want to be. Or that anyone can. And oh my God, what's wrong with me if I can't? Yeah, because then it makes us, wow, why, why can other people do it but not me? Mm-hmm. It's that we have to find who we are. We can't believe that we can be anything we want to be. I hate these commercials and all of these the social media uh, um, little sayings that say just do what you want or just be what you want. That doesn't work. That's not a reality. Mm-hmm. Watch a documentary of children in Rio de Janeiro that are picking garbage out of a dump for their life. Mm-hmm. That's, you can't walk up to them and say, if you just visualize or just believe that anything you want to be, you can be. That, that's not real. That is not a reality. That is North American bullshit. Mm-hmm. That is elitist bullshit. That's what it is. It's false. It's lies. It's, it's creating an illusion that people are going to buy into and never get the tools to understand how to actually live a life. Mm-hmm. That's what that does. It's, it's a whole lot of crazy making. It is. So instead, give your child the right tools. Remember the man who came, Kelly? I wish I could say his name, but I don't have permission, so I can't. But this young John. Fa- Okay. Mary and John. Yeah. So John came in, booked an appointment for an hour. People can go back and listen to that show if they want. Um, He wanted half an hour on each of his children. And he asked me one question. What can I do as a father to help them on the life path that they chose before birth? Hmm. He wanted to help them live their truest life. Not so that he could just say, be anything you want to be, but... What are some of the ways that I can support and give them the tools? And it was like, he blew my mind. (coughs) The emotional intelligence there to be able to actually create tools and give them. Mm -hmm. So that if your son loves hockey or your daughter loves hockey, but it isn't going to be the best thing they're ever going to be, or, or that maybe... They might play for a year and decide they actually just like it as recreational, but that there's going to be a career in something else. How do you find ways to teach them balance Mm -hmm. so that they can have passions and hobbies, but also other areas of their life? Mm -hmm. They might have three part-time jobs, but love their hobbies. Yep. Is that good? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just, I'm trying to think, um, just more examples of, of feeling like enough. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things that comes to mind is, um, has very much to do with the sips of sanity that we just did for the beginning of November um, about I see you, I hear you, I feel oh, you, yeah. I know you, I understand you. Okay. And the biggest one that sticks out for me is I hear you. Yeah. Because so much of what I see in the practice and also just relationships uh, in general are people who feel rushed to speak 
mm-hmm. uh, because they've grown up in a home where they were interrupted or spoken over, no matter how big the families are or small. And so there's an anxiety that comes with speaking. And I know it was true for me as well um, that, you know, I was rushed to the point. I would be told when I was little um, by by dad and, and by Andrew as, as he grew up, um, well, what's your point? Just get to the point. And if it wasn't said within, you know, a minute and a half to two minutes or even less, uh, I was boring them or I was, you know, going into too much detail. And that, that sticks with you. And so all the relationships afterward, you know, whether I'm speaking to a professor or a client, there's a certain level of anxiety with which I speak because I feel like at any point someone's going to say, what's your point? Get to the point. And so that changes the way that I choose to communicate. It changes what I choose to communicate. Uh, And that hurts because there are people who are standing in front of you wanting the little details and seeing how excited I get over them. Can I say something to that, Kelly? It's equally as important when that occurs that a friend wants to get to know you better as a friend. Mm -hmm. It's equally as important when the triage nurse needs to hear what's Holy wrong. Shit, that's a really good point. Yes, I'm trying to say it in different ways because you could be um, a professional in healthcare. Um, you could be a guidance counselor at a school trying to help a child make decisions for school courses. And that student can never speak up to say really what they are interested in or what they want to do. Or why. Or why. Because they feel they have to say it in 30 seconds or less. So if they don't actually get to what their passions really are, the guidance counselor never really gets to give them good advice. Is that good? Yeah. And I, you know what I think about like a kid sitting in there going, well, I like planes. And if they're interrupted and they say, well, let's become a pilot, let's go into pilot projects. And the kid never got to say, because I like taking things apart and putting them back together. They've completely missed the opportunity to produce a mechanic. Yes. A brilliant, passionate mechanic who Mm -hmm. is meticulous and, and wants to work, you know, maybe by himself in a shop Mm -hmm. and maybe is afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. or altitude or whatever and so the mm-hmm. the you know they they kind of follow or you know f- fall into the whole okay I guess I'm looking into being a pilot and they can't complete school because there's so much anxiety about I can't get in the air but I've never been able to tell someone that I just wanted to work on the planes I fell in love with you when I went through my divorce hmm. Thank you. Because one of the things you did was listen. Thank you. You just stopped. You taught Andrew to be a better listener. And so my two children, my adult children, became listeners for their mother. Hmm. And in that process of you teaching me that I was valuable enough that you had the time to listen turned around and taught me to be a better listener for Andrew, Mm -hmm. taught me to be a better listener for clients, for the spirit world, and for everything. It snowballed my life. Mm -hmm. Is that good? Yeah. I became a better listener for a stranger. I became a better listener sitting at the Capitol Center to the woman beside me who had a panic attack, but couldn't say a single word out loud Mm -hmm. because she has social anxiety. There are a million ways to be better listeners yeah. so that we can value the person we're listening to 
because that means I love you enough. I'm doing my happy dance. Yeah, you are. If anybody <laughs> wants to with me. <laughs> Everyone knows her happy dance involves snapping for whatever yes, reason. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to bring up being heard because I think that's one of the ones that, that really hits home. Because I don't think you can truly see someone without hearing them. Absolutely. So people can go to the November Sips of Sanity on the, on the website yep. by sarlo.com. Um, drop down it, menu from Coffee with the Sarlos. Click on Sips of Sanity. Good. Yeah. Let's let's stop there because that's like almost an hour for this sure. show. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say um, I loved doing this show with you. Thank you. you too. I was super nervous at the beginning when you reminded me what I wanted to talk about today because I thought, what will I say? Will it all come back or will it be too hard to will kind of... Will it be a therapy session? Yeah. <laughs> and, and will it be too hard? Well, I would, sometimes there's so much that I want to say to people because I have my own thoughts. I have my own experiences, but I also listen to the spirit world when we do these shows. Mm -hmm. And I know you do. So sometimes we have the spirit world coming in saying, and don't forget this point and don't forget this one. And so my head feels full. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's caffeine. Really should have been tea with the Sarlos. Yes. <laughs> Decaffeinated tea. Um, cool. Okay, so we'll put it out there as always. If anyone has questions or comments about today's show or ideas for individual shows, we are happy um, if you are submitting them to info at buysarlo.com. Otherwise, we will be back uh, with you on Saturday morning next week. You are enough.